Smokers, back again for another pay-per-view. I didn't do the Morning J this past week, and I also didn't even do a pod. I've been very sick. Maybe you can hear that in my voice. But, yeah, we're back in the MMA sphere this week for, you know, what's going to be, you know, a pretty good pay-per-view, for me at least. Leon Edwards is one of my boys. I'm going to say it right here. One of my big boys. And I'll be pretty happy if he's able to get the W. But we'll do the... We'll talk more in depth about that in a little bit. Just for me. Uh, I'm doing well in the new job I've been working in for like a month. A little over a month now. Um... Uh, Finding some real stability with my mental health. And I think that's because I'm working consistently. And um, I mean, there's always things you can improve on. And, you know, other parts of your life that aren't necessarily being fulfilled. Maybe you can understand what I'm saying here. Uh, but... I digress, things are going pretty well. Um, I can't really complain too much. I've got my own health. You know, my you know mother and father are still here with us. My two brothers are still healthy. And I have a lot of friends behind me as well. So everything, you know, it's been a while of me doing this podcast. It's about 20 or over 20 or so episodes and this is like one of the ones where I'm actually generally in a good mood and uh yeah I just wanted to take a little time to say that because I for me I have to really take stock of the times that I'm feeling pretty good and remember why so um yeah, I just wanted to share that with all of you for whatever reason. Maybe you skip this disclaimer part. Whatever, that's fine too. But uh, onto this, the disclaimer, when we're breaking down the fights or fighters, I will try to be as respectful as possible, especially when we get into, like, there are fighters who are going to be better than other fighters and I don't need to shit on people because they're not as good as someone else and that's completely okay. So uh, there's the disclaimer for this week. I'll catch you guys on the other side. You gonna get smoked. You gonna get smoked.
Okay, guys. The audio totally got fucked up. So I'm going to literally fly through my picks this week. Like I said, I was sick last week. Wasn't able to do either uh, thing. Either, like, the Morning J, like the review, or the actual cruise review. So I really do apologize for that. I'll try and stay more consistent. I know I said that in the past, but please, if you listen to this at all, please just bear with me. I will release episodes. But this is going to be, like, a pretty abridged version because I literally already recorded the audio. So I'm just going to, for, like, the first few, I'm just going to read the what I picked and the odds for the most part, okay? I'm picking Victor Altamirano in a men's flyweight contest to beat Daniel De Silva because I just think he's better, okay? Daniel De Silva is a USC level talent, in my opinion, at this point. But what does that even mean? For me, what it means to say someone's a UFC level talent is that they win fights consistently in the UFC. And if you do that, you're a UFC level talent. I don't think people should be necessarily cut off of even maybe two or three losses, which Daniel is at right now. So this will be a proving fight of whether he's a UFC level talent. And I know I just said that. Uh, <clears throat> I know I just said. Or the UFC's just letting him fight out his deal. Because they don't cut anyone, really. Anyways, to the odds. Victor Altamirano, the favorite, minus 165. To Dano De Silva's plus 140 underdog. Next up, Jay Piran versus Archie Lang. I'm picking Archie Lang because he is a hulking juggernaut type of fighter and I think Piran will eventually wilt to his pressure and Piran I believe got manhandled a little bit by Mauro Batista. Batista definitely a better athlete and fighter than Lang but Lang's got pop and I think he's going to be hurting Piran at times. Like, I really like the style that uh, Archie Lang brings, and for the most part, it seems that, like, is, like, a... Piran is, like, a grappler who tries to submit people. And, I mean, that could work against Lang. He's not the Archie Lang, but he's not. I mean... He's actually only lost by submission twice in his 30-fight career. So, 31-fight career. So, moving on to the odds. Picking leg. Archie leg. Really like him. Probably one of my guys. Not sure yet. So, could be a homer pick. Archie Lang is a minus 140 favorite to Jay Piran's plus 120 dog. Next up on the Tapology page, Amir Albazi taking out Francisco 
Figueredo at men's flyweight. Uh, I'm taking Albazi. I just think he's a very consistent wrestler. And I think Figueredo is a slow-footed single-shot fighter. And he has almost none of the quality that his brother has. And, yeah. And to the odds, Albazi is a minus... 435 favorite and Figueredo is a plus 350 dog. Next up, AJ Futch, a men's flyweight, a men's welterweight contest. Oh my god, folks. Between AJ Fletcher and Anj Luza. I think that's how you say it. Um, I'm picking Luza because he's a more powerful, consistent kickboxer. He's fought uh, a decent, actually a decent level of competition. And I know he's taking losses to people like like that Jonathan Thomas guy. You probably should have lost to him. But Jack, I remember the Jack Della, Maddalena fight. He counted himself well for uh, someone who seems to be like a hyper prospect. And... He fought Winnie Luziz, who is a incredibly consistent per- and persistent striker on the feet, who is probably never going to beat because he was never going to be able to match the volume. And I think AJ Fletcher doesn't have the physicality or the like the. I know he put Semmelsberger on skates a couple of times, but I feel like. I really do feel like that was probably the best performance of his career. Being only 12 fight, I got mixed. I mean, he's a pretty seasoned fighter. He had some Amy fights. Uh, he's only 25, too. Wow. Man, that guy could be on the come up a little bit. I. It's just like, I do not like the awkward kind of striking style. I mean, like, no one's a no one's a great defensive fighter. And certainly Angela is not. So, this this fight should be like 50-50 in terms of the odds, in my opinion. Just because Fletcher isn't like... <clears throat> like... He's not physical. So it's like... It's like Alex Morona out there. But Alex Morona wins fights. He just beat Silver Springer, so. Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm going to go with the odds, though. Made my pick. Butcher is the favorite. Minus 155. To Angelos Lusa's plus 135 dog. I just think Loza also is just trading with, like, a... a a gym that's always going to make him get better. He's going to be 33 years old and still be getting better as a fighter at with Henry Hooft. It's just... I, I've, we've seen it happen too many times, so it's like... <clears throat> especially if he pushes himself, so... I don't even know. I'm just rambling here. Sorry, guys. Took a dab earlier. Um... Next up, we have 
Quick boy, Miranda Maverick, taking on uh, Women's Flyway Contest. Miranda Maverick taking on Shayna Young. And I'm picking Miranda Maverick. Miranda Maverick already submitted Shayna Young. Shayna Young is not a... I don't think she... I don't even know what she's good at. Like, she just muscled up on Gina Mazzotti, who just tries to do that. Who... Who... He... She herself... Tries to just muscle up on people. So she just lost that. And, uh... I think that's what... Shay Young is huge. Brandon Ravick is very strong, too. So... And a good grappler. Surprised that... Not a... Surprised at how... She can just get stuck in positions, though. So... I don't know what it is with her. Yeah. So... Easy pick for Brandon Ravick. But, you know, how MMA is... There's always a big spoiler... Brad Maverick is the minus 600 favorite to Shana Young's plus 450 favorite. Next up, I mean, 450 uh, underdog. Next up, a men's featherweight contest between Luis Saldana and Sean Woodson. And, I mean, Saldana has done nothing to impress me in the UFC, you know, Losing to Austin Lingo, where he just pretty much got beat up, like, and then Austin Lingo taking that, just, like, he's just not very impressive, I gotta say, but, you know, he's got a ton of fights. He's not finished anyone in the UFC. He's a contender series guy. Like, I also don't like that. Sean Woodson's also a contender series guy. But, and he knocked out uh, Terrence McKinney, another contender series alum. It's just, he lost to Mike Santiago. He lost to Mike Santiago. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. I just think Sean Woodson's going to put the work to him. Saldana's like, again, more single shot at a time type of guy, I believe. And uh, I just think the consistency from Woodson will eventually just win out. And yeah, I'll probably end up finishing him unless he gets tired. And... Saldana is tough enough to have gotten to that point, so. But I don't believe he will be. I don't think the odds will indicate that as well. I think Woodson minus 340, Saldana plus 280. This one, I'm officially changing my pick here. From Tapology while doing the pod, after doing it again, I haven't changed it on Tapology yet, but I will. I'm changing my pick from Santos to Gordon. 
I cannot pick a 42-year-old lightweight who's been finished by Clay Guida or who's the other guy. You know, he damn near killed Clay Guida and Grant Dawson. Grant Dawson is, I mean, I know Jared Gordon lost to him too, but it's just like, when you gas more than Grant Dawson, it's not a good sign. So, picking Santos, I'm picking Gordon, probably by finish later rounds. If he can make it to that point, you know, he damn near killed Clay, fucking Clay Guida. So, and Gordon is a pace guy, so it's certainly going to be a fun, fun fight. Jared Gordon is the minus 265 favorite to Leonardo Santos's plus 225 dog. Maybe bet first round a stoppage for uh, Santos there. If it's like, you know, you could get like good odds on that. If you're, if you're. I'm not saying bet your life savings on it. I only bet like fucking two dollars. I'm fucking bum. Um, next up, a men's heavyweight contest between Alexander Rovanov and Marcin Tibera. I'm picking the sort of pick here. Taking Tibera by decision, and specifically by decision. I mean, he could finish him in the later rounds, but that Juan Espinosa fight. Just shows that if you can really actually hang with Romanoff in, like, wrestling and grappling, you can, like, gas him out. Because he's not... He just doesn't have the... The tank. He's not a Curtis Blades. He just needs to finish these guys. And maybe... But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he learned from that experience and was able to... But... I mean, his next fight after the Juan Espinosa fight where he got kicked in the groin and they just stopped it. You know, he finished Jared Vander on the, you know, first minute of the second round. Or, I don't think that's how that works. And he finished Jared Vander in the last minute of the second round. But he he basically had his way. The the whole point is like resisting. Being able to resist. Like being able like Rogan I mean uh Vandera basically just arrived off his back up until that point and the guy could just lay on you forever, but like if you gotta make him work for the takedowns, I definitely think that's something Tibera could do. Definitely think that Tibera really likes to be in the clinch too. So I just don't expect Tibera to be getting tossed around. And Tibera is a guy who just doesn't. He's a fucking guy who's gonna get zero credit and never, and never like people aren't ever gonna like. I hate to say this because he's like, like. He's not going to be, like, a memorable guy that people are like, wow, you know, I was a huge Tibera fan, unless you're, like, 
Polish or something, probably. Or an absolute fight nerd. So it's like... Uh, yeah. But he does have some skills here. Especially against a guy who just wants to, like... Kind of like wrestle and grapple. And... And... You gotta put into the fact that... We have a... You know... Romanoff isn't like a destructive puncher. And that's really what has been the... Really is like the whole crux of trying to wrestle at uh, heavyweight. Is that it works on basically everyone who is not a destructive puncher. Because he himself likes to go for the clinch and like back take and you know don't knees lean on people like yeah so honestly I'm just picking the guy who's done it for longer probably not done it as destructive he's never done it as destructive but he's done it for longer so I hope I hope Rogoff's not breaking out any fucking judo throws if he wants to win this fight he gonna get smoked. He gonna get smoked. He got nothing there but fire in his chest. Sorry, still talking about the Tibera Romanoff. Official pick is uh, Tibera. So go to the odds. Oh man, bugging. Uh, Romanoff is a minus three forty-five favorite to Tiberius plus two eighty-five dog. Next up, which I don't expect this to be like the official bout order, by the way. It's an odd. Oh wait, see, best fight odds has a different order. This is just a wrong pick I made on Tapology that I have to switch. I'm picking Tyson Pedro over. It's a light heavyweight contest between Tyson Pedro and Harry Hunsucker. Yeah, and Harry Hunsucker's dropping down here, and he's still smaller, and he's not. He's never been like what like. Is getting finished. Justin Taffa, Tai Tuivasa. I mean, Tai Tuivasa apparently is a, not a bad loss at heavyweight anymore, but he got finished in under a minute. And then you just like Justin Taffa just like bullied that bullied him the whole time. Like, and then he got finished by Jared Vandera. On contender series. Like. Not a finisher at all. Could it. Could it. Could barely buzz Chase Sherman. Like. A guy. Who literally is asking to be buzzed. But he's training at Kill Cliff. Anyway. 
or Killcliffe FC, whatever lame name it is. Training with Henry Hooft. And Tyson Pedro is looking better. I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. Tyson Pedro is looking better against, you know, the lower levels of competition here. And I mean, that's beyond Shogun. I know he's gone through some, like, trials and tribulations and stuff. But any step up in competition really has led to a loss. And this is not that. So... The odds, I'm still, yeah, picking Tyson Pedro, minus 730 favorite. Can't be that, dude. This guy lost the, the most aged version of Shogun. How could how could the odds be that? Because he just beat up on Ike Villanueva. I don't, it's like, well, he's another Ike Villanueva. With the worst chin. Harry Hunsucker. Being the underdog plus 530. Next up. We got Lucy Pudulova taking on Yana and Wu in a women's bantamweight fight. So I feel like I'm just going to pick Lucy Pudulova here. I just don't think she's. Like, she's just going to be outpacing uh, Yaranwu all the time. And Yaranwu. Or, yeah, Yaranwu is going to be on the back foot. Trying to counter. She will probably throw, again, a counter puncher who is more like, hey, you hit me. I'm going to hit you. You know what I mean? So it's like. I don't trust that against someone who's like a crazy volume sh striker. But it's like... Pudelova could easily put herself in like a horrible position and lose. So it's like... This is definitely going to be like a fun fight, I think. So... Yeah, just fun sloppy. It'll be... Pudulova uh, special, so. Uh, picking Pudulova, though. On to the odds. Oh, I'm starting to feel sick because I haven't eaten anything today. Uh, Pudulova is the minus 120 favorite. Yana and Wu is a plus 100 dog. Oh, just a few more here. Marab Devalashvili taking on Jose Aldo, a men's bantamweight contest. I'm picking Aldo because he's actually a good striker who, like, is defensively sound. Who might not have, like, the greatest chin in the world, but I don't believe Marab is, like... Like, even that finish he got over, like, Marlon Bryce was more just, like attritional so it's like 
he has one finish in the UFC, and it was that one against the most broken version of Marlon Rice. But is this the most broken version of Jose Aldo? That is yet to be seen. Uh, Aldo is just still a better defensive fighter, and he's a more violent finisher on top of that. And I don't expect... He's also intelligent about how he goes about things. Probably more than ever. Like the better... Like the the larger meta... Th- oh my god, I'm sorry. The larger meta things, I think he understands a little bit more than he ever has. And, like... He knows that he can win rounds off of hurting people. But I expect him to just, like... He's just going to hurt him. He's just going to hurt him multiple times. If Marab does all that goofy stuff. And a lot of the wrestling that Marab does. Like, even, like... He's all, like, bouncing around out there. It is, like... It's predictable, in a way. It's all on the same, like, beat. Especially, like... Like, he's going to try and, like, one, two, kick, take down. Like, and, like, the stuff's not going to be particularly powerful. I don't expect him to hurt Aldo very badly unless it's late and Aldo's tired and he just tries to pour it on. So, I am picking the GOAT. That's right, the GOAT, my favorite fighter. I was very nervous but I've, you know, I've seen the light, really, I think. I'm not going to just sadness hedge on all the losing, because I just don't think Marab is a dangerous enough fighter or durable. Like, durable in the same way that Max Holloway is durable. Who really is that, though? So. And a three-rounder, too, so. Maybe Aldo could could win a three rounder over Max. Maybe. Uh, on to the odds. Aldo is the plus one ten underdog to Marab Davalishvili's minus one thirty favorite. Next up. The penultimate bout of the evening. Luke Rockhold taking on Paulo Costa in a men's middleweight contest. And I'm just going to pick Paulo Costa out of the fact that I don't believe Luke Rockhold is terribly interested in fighting. And and on top of the fact that he just looks so tentative. The last time we saw him, he looked the most tentative he's ever looked. And I know it was against Polish power or whatever, but, like, is he going to look across from Paulo Costa and expect not to not to be hit hard? I don't even know if Paulo Costa is going to make weight, dude. I don't know why they just booked this at 205. But he might have not made weight for that. This guy is just, like, messed up. He's got, I don't even know. 
But, uh, yeah. If Luke Rockhold won this, like, Paulo Costa got uh, wrestled earlier on in his career. But, like, Luke Rockhold doesn't get taken down. I mean, doesn't do takedowns. He gets taken down. And does a wacky-ass fucking sweep. And, uh, winds up on top. Or he's, like, doing a Kimura or something. Like, what's the best Luke Rockhold takedown we've ever seen on tape? You, you would have to show it to me and who he did it to. The guy likes to kick for range and then, like, wait to for someone to get on his hips so he can do something incredibly athletic. But, uh, yeah, I'm picking Paul Acosta by knockout. I know Luke Rockhold made some cool comments about, um, just a lot of different things this weekend or like coming up to these fight the press conferences he also says some stuff about QAnon guys so just like I said I'll be honest about my opinion of Luke Rockhold Luke Rockhold is dumb he's probably just a dumb person and, but he's still he still gets more hate than most people. Most of some of the most deplorable people in this sport. So please, like, is he really that much of the of a heel? I don't think so. That's just my take on it. But the odds are, I imagine Paulo Costa is going to be a heavy favorite. A lot of heavy favorites on the card. Yep. Costa's my 360 favorite to uh, Luke Rockhold's plus 295. Maybe Luke Rockhold could, like, just, like, kick him from range. I mean, I think a Costa Philippou is, like, kind of the last guy that he really, like, was able to... Or that was, like, that's, like, his highlight, I should say. Maybe he could kick him from range the entire fight. I don't know. He's working on his boxing, so. Still needs to come along. And now, we have the men's welterweight championship fight between Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman. And so, uh, Kamaru Usman is a better striker than he is when he entered the USC. No doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. But I really do feel like there's a level of give and take and in the sport, especially when you're so focused on getting one aspect down, like you would think you would have thought that he could have like control the guy like Colby. I know people who say, oh, he wants to strike with him like a guy like Colby Covington, but he, it, he, it's not like he looked physically imposing in any of the wrestling or clinch exchanges or like that physically imposing, especially considering like 
Colby Covington not being a particularly fantastic athlete other than like like I mean like quick athleticism like you could have great cardio that's like its own can be its own thing but that's something they say everyone can work on so um, but that may not be the case so and you look at Usman he looks like he should be able to just fling Covington to and fro and like when Covington gets on a, a single leg he should be able to just toss him off that really wasn't the case like or as much of a case as I would have expected but I'm getting to the point that I believe that if Usman thinks he could just wrestle just start wrestling now I don't think that's how disciplines in anything really work you need to be if he wants to be a fantastic wrestler, he needs to be training like that. No matter how long he's been doing it. And sparring is different, folks. Don't even try and pull that card. That's just a different thing entirely. I think after you've reached like a certain point in your career, you probably shouldn't spar anymore. Other than like very light. Or maybe hard. Like once in your entire training camp but uh yeah but we're looking at the other side Leon Edwards is no doubt a better wrestler than he's ever been but he's no doubt a less comfortable striker than Kamaru Usman is on the feet but to me I feel like there is no question of that in a way. But comfortable to me kind of means just willing to just do it. it. Like willing to throw the caution away and do it. Whether or not he's comfortable as a striker he is no doubt more fluid than Kamaru Usman is on the feet. He's, I don't, I don't know if he's faster. He might be faster. Usman's, I mean, he probably is faster. Usman is not particularly fast. He's extremely stiff still when it comes to his striking. It does, like, he does throw a combination, but it's like he's just winging, like, oak, oak at people. And, uh, I just don't think that if Usman's plan is, if Usman gets stuck in any one phase of thing, which, I mean, his wrestling and, his wrestling and his striking are completely disconnected. They are not connected at all. Like, if Usman can't take him down, and he can't hit him against the fence, I just think, like, there's a real shot for Leon Edwards here. 
like he's even like Edwards is definitely more, especially at the going to be at the beginning rounds. He's definitely going to be more fast of foot than Usman. He is very foot slow, like when he's in striking mode. You know, maybe he can cover distance quickly, but he really just kind of like bulldozes into people's hips. Like, and then when it gets to the cage, he that's when the the chain wrestling comes out. But I don't know. I feel like Usman is like kind of just not overrated in his wrestling, but he's just like not. He's not at that point of a wrestler anymore. So, with all that said, it's going to be an uphill climb for Edwards. But, I think he's got the... I think there's a, a bit of a... Some easy footing he can find here. And he, I'm picking him to win this fight. Edwards is my boy. This could be a homer pick. Just remember that. Edwards is the plus 295 underdog to Usman's minus 360 favorite. Well, that does it, folks, for this week. Gotta stop saying, well, that does it. Uh, or close or something does it different. Boy, howdy. That's over. That's over, folks. Um, well, thanks for listening along. And as always, do your best to try not to get smoked. Oh, my goodness.